Hello and welcome to another episode of the MSC Performance Podcast with me, Mark Coulson, Luke Rogers and Max Craven. This is Season 5, Episode 8 and today's subject is going to be looking at strength training for endurance runners. Um, endurance runners slash endurance athletes, triathletes, etc. Um, so we're going to delve into a little bit about the training methods and modalities that we would uh, we would recommend uh, that you can do in the gym to supplement uh, supplement competing in, uh, in those sports. So first of all, uh, gentlemen, how are we? Very good. I think Mark's doing a very ASMR kind of voice, isn't he? He's very, very up to the mic, like, hello guys, how are we? Um, I'm very aware that last week's audio wasn't the clearest, and Mark's, hello, and I'm like, we're not trying to get to bed, man. I know. Excited to have a voice. Bit of excitement, bit of excitement. Come on. talk a little bit louder, voice, people might have left by now. Yeah. No, um, I'm very well. How is everyone? Good. Yeah, very good, very good. So this podcast was inspired by Max Hartman, wasn't it? Correct, as he is now, it's been an said that he, he is an endurance athlete. He's gone from elite bodybuilder to an endurance athlete. Six Sorry, six-week wedding, wedding shred. Yes, yes. Um, so yeah, he is doing a triathlon, isn't he, in the uh, near-distant future. Um, so yeah, that would be exciting to see him that. He's already started coming into work with his, what are the glasses called? The, the uh, Vipers. The Vipers, yeah. so he's a proper... He's not. Su- yeah, he is. He is. Like the old Oakleys. I was at the shutter and I saw him come in on his bike with the Vipers on, on his, and I genuinely, I was... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was tin hat on. Yeah. Like, he, had a straw from his, uh, he had a straw coming from his bag into oh, his mouth. If I was a 15-minute cycle. If I was a girl, I think that would be my biggest ick. A guy who wears Viper glasses when they're he cycles. They're massive in powerlifting as well, man. No, they're not. They're massive in powerlifting. Really? Yeah, yeah. What, massive. to blind yourself from the... People wear them when they're dead. Do you remember we had these new lights? And I was like, oh, the lights are a bit bright. It was all quite <laughs> <laughs> all wear it together on the session. Ah, yeah, yeah, that is bad. There's yeah. a couple of people that wear the Vipers and that one doesn't matter. <laughs> really? So it's always it's endurance athletes and uh, empowerlifters that wear the Vipers. <laughs> wear the Vipers. The sales of yeah. Um, wow. So we were, yeah, what, what were we talking about before? Well, let's start. Like, let's have a little chat about um, each other's training. Like you've just reassigned yes. Max, congrats, and you know, you're born for next year. Yes, yeah, of course. Yeah. That's exciting. <laughs> That's really exciting, yeah. Um, you got a nice white up actually. They, they're very complimentative of you. Yeah, yeah, very. Um, sixth top point scorer in the league, so yeah, it was a uh, very, very it was exciting. Seventh was Buffalo, wasn't it? Buffalo was near, yeah. Kings Norton did uh, post up a lot of. Yes. Um, yeah, no, yeah. As I've said in the last podcast, time off is very good. I'm uh, queuing towards turf games, which How's the is. Training good for that? Yeah, it's going really well, actually. Um, the guys I'm competing with, uh, two of them are taking it. No, three of them are taking it seriously. The other guy has been on um, a stag do. He's been on rugby. Um, what do you call it? When you go abroad with your rugby team? Tour. tour he's been on tour with his team so he's not really been taking it as seriously and the events have got like worms involved so we need to try and it's get together race. yeah we need to get together and do that um, what would, have you got anything to practice with the worm uh, one of the guys who trains at I think CrossFit Chester or something like that they've got a worm so we'll all oh, try and we'll all try and go there and do it there um, yeah all we'll just doing our own individual the, the thing. worm at uh, Forders that yeah. was horrible, yeah. yeah. That was like a run into a park, pick it up on the shoulder and run back. That was horrible, yeah. Do, do you know what the events are beforehand or is it just random on the day? Haven't been released. I think they're released about a week before. Yeah. And then you can, I mean, you can do a little bit of practice, but there's not too much you can do. All you need to know, so we're not in the elite, we're doing the one down, which I think is called the intermediate or something like that. 
you need to have two athletes who can rope climb and do toes to bar. Right. So those two athletes will be nominated for that and then the other guys will do something a little bit different. Um, and I think, I can't remember what the elite have got to do. Maybe muscle-ups or something like that. Um, yeah, you only need two athletes. So I'll have to do the toes to bar. Teams of four? Teams of five. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, excited. It'll be nice because hopefully the weather will be like it is now at Ealing on the 4G. Mm, nice Where's that? Yeah. Uh, London. Oh, it's London, is it? Yeah. Do you know London well? Yeah, 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 London well. Um, how's your training going, <laughs> Luke? <laughs> My training's going fantastically well. Um, I've had a good couple of training, but I think since like, I spoke um, after the British, just had a, I set up a training block that was five days a week to have a bit of a, a break in the normal kind of full body sessions, and mm. I feel amazing for it. Like yeah. I feel like I'm coming into my sessions fresher. Um, I feel mentally sharper doing them. Mm. Uh, I feel really good. Uh, so I'm really good. enjoying the training at the minute. Yeah, nice. it's hard to keep the five five day schedule, but outside of that, right? Yeah, it's been excellent. Yeah, feeling really good at the minute. Why, what's the main reason you think you're enjoying it? Is it because of just literally the the change mentally, or I think a mental change as much as anything. Yeah, because uh, I've done that kind of same kind of structure for a long time. Uh, it's just nice to have a bit of a break from that. But also like coming into sessions, if I haven't, like I'll normally do like squat, deadlift, squat, and lighter deadlift. Uh, but then you come into the session, you're still a little bit tired. Because I've done like bench the day before and upper body stuff, then I come into deadlift, my legs feel pretty good. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think mentally is the main one, but just like feeling fresher coming into each session. Like the upper body, I'm gonna do three days a week bench rather than four, and every time I come in now, I feel great on bench. Mm. While before, sometimes I feel a little bit beaten up. So it's very much a case of, I think, like, even though I'm doing an extra day, less is more. Like I'm actually doing slightly less work on the competition lifts, but as a result, like it's going really well. Yeah. Because I was feeling we spoke about this on the last podcast about like how to make training decisions, and I was coming into sessions feeling really fatigued and mm. sore. So you can't just keep adding work. So rather than keep adding, I've actually eased it back a little bit to try and improve the quality of the work at the expense of reducing the quantity. And it seems yeah. to be working nicely. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, I feel good. How long is that uh, schedule going to run for, and when's the next comp? Well, I was going to do it for one block, but I'm in my second one now because the first one went really well. Mm. Um, and the second block's going just as well. Like, I deadlifted yesterday, really, and it went really well. Mm. Uh, bench is going well, so I'm going to do it indefinitely until, uh, until I potentially need to change. Because I think I could prep into a comp like it if I needed to. I'm going to do one in November because the next one I wanted to would have been the English, but there's a, there's a wedding on the day before, so mm. I'll be towards the end of the year. Nice. But yeah, I'm enjoying it. Good. Exciting. Yeah. Good. Mark, you're doing a little bit. Of con- you're doing a little bit of conditioning here and there, aren't you? Dabbling. I dabbling. saw you on the ski the yeah. other day, which uh, looked very funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, just um, I think had a little bit of downtime at the end of the season. Uh, just rebuilding now. So had a week or two where um, just for a bit of a change, really. Actually, just didn't have any any program. So I was just coming in and just doing whatever whatever I felt like, which. Um, I've never really ever done that before. Um, I'm normally like finish the season, and then I'm like very structured from the, from the off in terms of what I'm uh, what I'm doing in mm. the in the off season. Um, but obviously, just mixed it up a little bit, and uh, just from this week, just starting to get back into uh, routine into program. Um, so still not sure what I'm doing uh, rugby wise if I'm going to be playing next season or hanging the boots up. Uh, obviously, not getting any uh, any younger. Um, but on the other hand, body feels good, so undecided with that at the moment but very much kind of still training towards it yeah um so that i'm ready if i do decide to uh, to play again um so at the moment let's say it's just week one um of, a, of, a, of the first off-season block so it's a lot of like 
tissue tolerance work, like building up to higher rep work over the next few weeks, mm. um, training, you know, four, you know, four weight sessions a week, a um, couple of tempo runs alongside that, just to maintain like a bit of aerobic fitness. Um, so two two uppers, two lowers, and um, yeah, good chance. Similar to Luke, really, I think, just chance to um, push a little bit harder on those at like going in for an uppers and being able to do more yeah. volume on the uppers than I normally would and going in and doing a lower body session and being able to do a little bit more than I normally would rather than the full body stuff that I do uh, during the season so um, it's always a fun time to train it's a good like there's no excuse not to train hard I think as field athletes like I was speaking to Luke about this yesterday we can be a little bit soft sometimes like it is hard during the season to yeah. make big progress but I think we can use that as an excuse sometimes and cruise a little bit and I think there is a you know there is a balance there but in the off season there's no excuse it's like you can train hard and I always enjoy that you've been, watching, you've been watching a lot of the Tom Platt's videos haven't you <laughs> he's, really, mate, he's a he's motivation showing, couldn't be any more different yeah. to Tom Platt's but yeah. I, do, uh, I, do, I do like a bit of Tom, nice to Tom chase Platt's nice yeah, to chase a few numbers chase a few PBs during the off season isn't it because during season it's all about maintenance and you're not really going to be adding too much Yeah. whereas yeah. now you can really fucking Go for it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I said we're not so going to talk, talk about programming this, this podcast. I know. <laughs> I'm in danger of talking about it, but uh, the one thing I really like when we talk is like the difference with you guys having your off season to mm. how this is going to have an off season because your gym work is your sport. Yes, yeah. So like, you're pretty much all year round now. As people move more away from like the typical um, blocks of hypertrophy, strength, and peaking, and more into like do what works and keep repeating it with very small manipulations, so you're not having these drastic changes in volumes and intensity is completely different now to what you guys do we have this dedicated block where you're trying to you know reduce any kind of niggles that have happened from the, the previous season you're trying to like I said improve you know tissue quality trying to yeah. have a bit of a time where you actually build some good muscle before maintaining the season mm-hmm. I really like that how different yeah. it is now because we, we used to talk about how things were so similar and I think that's one thing now that's becoming a bit more different yeah yeah 100% 100% yeah it's a, yeah, it's a fun time to train um as a, as a rugby player for sure like you say you haven't got the excuses of being a bit sore from a Saturday like you, yeah, can, yeah. you can crack on push it push it hard and uh, yeah going to bring back a bit of barbell deadlifting I think um, wow this, uh, this summer yeah 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 big yeah. pulse on the deadlift yeah I started doing low 210 240 240 I couldn't remember 210 240 it's a decent deadlift mm. yeah 240 on trap that. bar 300 yeah so let's yeah let's give it a go it's been a few years since I've like deadlifted with a barbell but yeah. I don't think I've ever seen you deadlift with a barbell mm. I've seen you do your power cleans yeah yeah yeah. that's going to be great to see it's funny it used to be like probably my favourite movement was yeah. you know, just a conventional deadlift mm. and then the trap bar kind of came into fruition it wasn't really like known about before yeah yeah um, so I started using that and then obviously like arguably the benefits mm. you know the pros outweigh the cons using a, using a trap bar yeah. over, over a barbell but at the same time, like again, I think you get you know you use that all the way through the season. Why not? You know, because um, I, I did run the program and I was doing some like low handle trap bar the other day. But I'm just gonna like swap it for, yeah, for yeah, barbell, yeah. just different stimulus, fun. Low handle's tough to get into position as well, especially yeah, with, it is, with the wider like, ones. It is it's tough. Yeah, you've got to use the smaller black ones. I think if you do the low handles. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I yeah, agree. if you're doing that, you, you you're pretty close to. You may like you may as well for just a bit of fun as much as anything because I don't think there's anything like. You know, 
as I say, back when I used to do it, like it's prob- it was probably my favourite exercise and just yeah, the most yeah. fun to like see where you can get with. Like whether it'll be getting up to two forty again, probably not. But like there to, is something to push about that, that novelty and that enjoyment of just trying to have something to push rather than yeah. oh, I've done trap bar forever. I'm going to continue doing that. Yeah. Um, I guess fair field sports. Like trap bar hit fast. Like just can't. Like, just forever, bored, yeah. Like, yeah. Trap bar. I mean, I remember there was a study I compared the conventional to the trap bar, and the one advantage, even the low handles to the thingy, like the range of motion is obviously the same, mm-hmm. but the uh, there's no deceleration component. So you mm-hmm. watch people with trap bar, they have a dumb budget off the floor, or it moves, and they definitely get it. Yeah. While yeah. the dead conventional obviously can slow down mid shin or yeah. slow down at lockout. Uh, for power, for a field sport athlete, that power element of it not deaccelerating is probably the one benefit over the conventional. But yes. Yeah. If you can tolerate it and it's not leaving you too stressed, man. And, the mental side of that's gonna massive for you, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah there was a time right. when you were front squatting 170 in trap and, and conventional and 240, and they were good days. That was a. And what were you? Ba- and what were you back squatting as well? You were front squatting 170 and then back squatting. <laughs> front squat 170, back squat 170, and the front squat was a lot nicer yeah, to look at yeah. as well. Any other movements you might add in? Fronties. I'm gonna bring back. Yeah, I'm gonna bring back deadlift and. I might bring back the front squat, see, mm. if can, see if we can fit that in. I like that. I don't think I'm ever going to bother touching back squat again, to be honest. <laughs> but, you know, again, like, you know, front squat, I think, similar to the barbell deadlift, like, there's just, you know, arguably, safer, better alternatives for yeah. rugby during the season and stuff. But at the same time, it's like, don't be soft, man. Like, just yeah, get, yeah. like, I still think you should be strong in a bilateral squat. Yes, like, yeah. You know, um, I don't think it has to be back squat or front squat, like one of them. Because there's a lot of single leg work, a lot of belt squat and stuff. But I don't know, man, again, in the off season, like maybe, you know, it's good to revisit one of those. So mm. we'll say we'll say definitely to the, the deadlift and let's say maybe for the front squat. I like it. Because Plenty of arms, though. Again, like along with the deadlift, it's probably like up there, yeah. you know, yeah. with, uh, with favourite favorite exercise. Yeah, I have. I Not have. No, I do like it. I just never run it long enough to, you know. So I, that I most instead of back squat for you, then yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it makes yeah, a lot yeah, like all the Hatfield, uh, Hatfield squat or something. Or the plats, plats, the plats could make you come back. I've just never run it long enough to like. I've only have done it for like a four week cycle or something, but it's good. Probably. Yeah. That's it was useful when I broke yeah. my arm. That's why you don't like it because you've got this uh, <laughs> negative attachment to it. You yeah. Can't use it yeah. Yeah. I broke my arm. Yeah. Yeah. Toy body, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wicked. Yeah. Should no. we get into? Um, yes, we wanted to have a little bit of a chat about like how you maybe if you're doing um, if you was an endurance athlete like how you would set up a, a weekly structure for um, for strength training and kind of what's a good starting point because a lot of people I think that do you know endurance work that maybe looking to get into strength training so I thought it'd be a good to have a, an open open table discussion on like where you would start with that and kind of general recommendations uh, for people we, to build upon. Yeah, should we should we sort of talk briefly about the benefits of of doing it just for people who like might be listening yeah who are runners and stuff but like you know they're like well I'm a runner I don't need to go to gym or it's not you know it's going to be detrimental to to do that is mm-hmm. that a good go it, yeah. a yeah. good idea so yeah I mean like look it's a, it's something that I think is becoming more common people are you know are seeing the benefits realising the benefit of doing some strength work alongside the running I think 10, 15, 20 years ago like people would just avoid it because you know 
it's, it's similar to like I don't know in field sports where I'm like oh I don't need to do I don't want to do weights on my legs because yeah, it's going to slow yeah. me down and you know football I still the, the, what people in football say, say even in the elite level they don't like to do lowers but um, I think people are seeing the benefits over the years have become a bit more prominent um, and I think like important thing is to make sure that the balance is there like if you're um, if your goal is to be like let's say a good level runner and you're running a lot of mileage during the week like you do have to obviously be careful with the amount of volume you're doing mm-hmm. in the gym but that's not to say you can't do anything uh, as long as you're just keeping volume like low to moderate but you can still lift heavy um, and still get some decent work done and we rec- recommend it but um, yeah I mean essentially look when you're when you're running like there's a you know there's there's a good amount of force that's going through through the joints uh, as you run especially if you're like a road runner for example like there's a lot of impact you get a lot of people who get into running who um, you know maybe a little bit overweight or even if you're not overweight like it's a lot of it's, it's a lot of force that's mm-hmm. going through the body through the joints when you're running basically yeah um so therefore it makes a lot of sense to do strength work where you can strengthen joints tendons ligaments muscles in order to better absorb that impact when you are running yes. essentially um so we're talking about ground reaction force ground yeah, reaction force ex- exactly yeah so you know running elements of gravity elements of body weight going through through the floor we need to be able to absorb that. So having strong tendons, joints, ligaments, muscles. Can you remember, doing weight training, I don't want to put you on the spot, useful. but I remember um, reading about the ground reaction force and like, the amount of your body weight that's going through that single leg when you're running. I remember jumping is about 10 to 11 times your body weight. Can you remember running, it's like four to six maybe? Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's around four and a half. Runners right a lot of the times are scared of doing like squats, but you might do a squat with like, you could do a 24 kilo kettlebell squat. Yeah. Which is if you weigh 75 kilos, it's going to be 1.3 times your body weight going through your lower body. Yeah. Comparatively to if you're running and you weigh that much and it's five times your body weight, it's 350 kilograms. Yeah. So you need to be able to do a squat well to be able, that's your good, not, not prerequisite, but yeah. you should be able to do a goblet squat and absorb that force if you're going to be running with five times your body weight going through yes. your lower body. Yeah, 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 definitely. 100%, yeah, 100%. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's. I mean, when you start talking about it, it is a like it is an absolute no-brainer. But a lot of people do get caught in that like scared to, I don't you know, scared, to scared to do it, yeah. scared, scared to do you know, weight to to do range, uh, etc. And yeah, like you know, again, in terms of your type of training, unilateral training is obviously going to be important, like your single leg work. But you know, you do need to be strong on on two legs as well. Um, so yeah, lots of lots of benefits. So I mean, that's mainly from an injury prevention point of view. In terms of a performance point of view, if we can generate more force for every step that we take, running economy is going to be better. Efficiency is going to be better. Stride length is potentially going to be you know going to be going to be further. Um, we're essentially going to be able to you know, produce more force and more power through the floor for every step that we take. Um, you know, which yeah, obviously can only be a good thing matched with a good aerobic energy mm-hmm. system. Speaking of that as well, like I think a lot of people who do run and want to get into weight training in the gym, they think because they do an endurance sport, they have to train in an endurance manner yes. in the gym as well. So it's like everything's like 15 reps, 20 reps, 25 yeah. reps. Um, I was going to ask your recommendation on this. Yeah, yeah, your, like, I know, like, sets and stuff. Yeah, like I know, like David Goggins is always like, yeah, oh, man, I do like 20 reps, 25 yeah. reps because you know total. I'm an endurance yeah. like, guy, and I, you know, for all his like amazing things that he does, like you know, that's. Uh, probably where he's, he's, he's a bit of an oversight where you know yeah it's uh 
you're gonna there, there's some benefits for sure for doing like high rep work if you're a runner in terms of like maybe where I am at the moment with pre-season and building up tissue tolerance etc but eventually you do want to be building into like lower rep stuff and you might think well what good is doing six reps or four reps or three reps yeah you know of a, of a split squat in the gym how's that going to help me run but you're not looking to this is where you've got to separate the strength and the conditioning so we're looking to build strength in those in, in those areas yeah and the conditioning is going to be taken care of when you're running, running same, outside, similar to yeah. football as well similar to, I was just going to say any sport when yeah. you're a boxer and you see boxers oh. coming like I want to do three minute rounds of strength training and it's like you need to separate those because even if you are an endurance guy really, and you, if you're do, even if, if you're doing a 5k which is probably the shortest we'll call endurance which yeah. is what yeah. 20 minutes how much is a set of 15 on, on squats how yeah. many seconds is it 40 seconds yeah it's yeah it's actually not going to have development for the no, it's going to match it anyway no. so you massively need to separate these things and you need to treat your strength training as your strength training you're trying to get a specific adaptation from that and then you've got your actual sports and you've got your actual aerobic work separately yeah and you yeah, don't yeah. want to merge the two no it's the same with any sport yeah even with movement patterns as well I know I'm going a little bit off topic here but it's very similar with movement patterns like you'll see for example I hate that we always bring it back to rugby but like I know running will be a little bit different, but people try and keep the sport and the work in the gym very similar. So you'll see people like the cables replicating like rugby passes in that pattern when you should keep everything completely separate when it comes to like gym work as well. There was, there was a class one at Banner where a guy and he had... <laughs> Don't tell me he was kicking a, no, he a had, band or something. He had, he had a, an ankle attachment to the cables when he had a lightweight in it and he asked me to throw him this free kilo on medicine ball. Oh my so he was weighted on two ends. Uh, it, was, it, was, it, was, yeah. it was bad. But, but this, is the, this is just shows the, the confusion around the Yes, there. yeah. Um, what's, you, your, what's your recommendations with regards to like upper body stuff, how much that will still benefit like running all of that kind of stuff? Important. Yeah. I was just going to say like the, the variability training, like I said, training different joint angles and trying to go for more range of motion on your exercises. Because again, like people think, oh, this is the joint angles I train with a squat. I'm only going to this yeah. degree of hip flexion. But from like a, a, a tolerance perspective and also from like an injury prevention perspective, it's probably a good idea to be able to do some good full range of motion exercises. So yeah. like a deep squat, uh, maybe like a full split squat, even though when you're running, you're not going to go to, to that same kind of depth through the knees and through the hips. Yeah. Um, RDLs, hamstring curls, you know, trying to get some mm-hmm. good length back in the hamstrings after just being short in the whole time. Yeah, with the, with, the, with the pole vault as a coach, like in the off season, we do like full, we do a lot of full range uh, work. So like it's you know it's deep squats and you know full full range work across the across the board really. You know you could argue when they're sprinting and doing the pole vault like they're not hitting those ranges, but still very very important to, yes, to train yeah. through the whole through the whole range and then you know in season or in the lead up to season you can you can do some like shorter range work and things like that like i see a lot of athletes online at the very very elite level like just always doing like i mean i wouldn't even call them quarter squats like just ridiculous like high jumpers range you see them doing oh, that don't you like a, a quarter squat, squat yeah it, but it's like just terrible um and uh yeah i know joint specific joint angle specific training is important you know and it can be done in the season but you do need to do some full range yeah 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 exactly to supplement with it so I think uh, the difference as well with the pole vaulting compared to like the running is just the volume of it as well so the runners they might like when they're doing their sport it's like 10 seconds compared to like 
the repetitive nature of just doing endurance, you know, that repeatability of yeah, running. 20 minutes plus, That repetitive yeah. strain the whole time. That extra variation that you do in your gym training, it's not going to balance it out, but it goes some way into adding a bit of variability to, to reduce the repetitive injuries that come from like the repetitive strain of running. Yes. Okay, with, yeah. with runners as well, you mentioned about upper body stuff, and it is like, it is important. You'd be surprised how many like shoulder injuries that the runners People get. get. Yeah. Um, you know, if you think about running, like, as, as daft and obvious as it sounds obviously we're running on our legs but the upper body is dictates, in a locomotive yeah. like motion it is, it is moving as well so you know we talk a lot about like runners having bad posture and things like that and you know we're always talking about like postural drills and stuff but ultimately they need to be strong you yeah. know to you know to, to you know maintain good posture so you know strengthen the uppers in terms of improving running economy you know preventing you know preventing injuries with you know with a sport that is very repetitive in terms of its uh, movement patterns uh, doing uppers is, is important as well yeah. okay maybe not as important as the lowers but it's still you know you still would place, highly yeah. recommend doing uh, doing doing uppers um, you know especially a lot of good middle back work getting strong in horizontal rows vertical rows important so what's your what's your opinion on Max's um programming at the moment should we talk about what he's doing or um yeah i mean i don't know how relevant it'll be to the average person but like <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah max is doing a one one by 20 program at the moment um oh, well, should, should we do justifications for it before he yes it? yeah 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 he's, he said he's had a month off training so he's looking for his minimum effective dosage so yes. the one set is the minimum way to do that and then he's looking to progressively build it up. Mm-hmm. Not in volume, but <laughs> <laughs> sticking to the 120. But he's building up the intensity of, of the session. Yeah, it was progressive quick. overload. It's like, it's keeping weight at a level where, you know, talk about tissue tolerance, things like that, rebuilding back into training. There's a lot of benefits behind it. Yeah, the only reason I don't like it is because I think it's boring. Um, yeah, I think 20 like, is, uh, yeah. I think, like, that's important. When you train, I know some people say, "Well, it doesn't matter. Like, it's just the discipline to do it." But I don't know. It's not I think the it mentality coming in of something you enjoy doing exactly. and want to push exactly. on versus. So oh, I, I, do, I, do, I, do, I do get the rationale behind it. Like, you know, and I know there's a lot of like top coaches that are advocates of it, especially in youth training and things like that. I argue against that with youth training because I just think like the concentration span to keep like good, Kids good doing, technique, yeah, like yeah. one times twenty at like such a low percentage on a squat is like. You, you, you want them to enjoy it, so I do like two, you know, two tens, two eights, two fifteens. Yeah. Like it's what I'd normally. Realistically, do. with that set of twenty, the first twelve to fifteen reps are going to be very, very low effort. Yeah. You've got to put a lot of monotonous work in to get towards effective repetition. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I do think that one thing actually, not on the one, not on the one by twenty, but like the one mistake that that runners make, which is I think, and endurance athletes make, is that when they start going into the gym. Uh, they probably just do a little bit too much to begin with. They maybe do like three or four sets on squats, and then they come into the run and they notice that the time dips down just yeah. because they carry a little bit of fatigue from that strength session. And then that straight away is just putting them off, thinking that it's the weight training that's showing them down. Yeah, yeah. But we know that it's just like novel stimulus causing some soreness, causing a little bit of fatigue into your next strength, next training strength, strength training session, and it would get better with time. 
but it puts them off enough. It's like if you, you're, you're playing rugby and we do a little, I don't know, something else in the gym. I'd relate it to that, Your kicking's I, yeah. gone terribly because you've done some extra deadlifting. Like, I'm never deadlifting again because yeah. my kicking's gone to shit. If runners could get past that initial part, they'd yeah. probably be able to train as normal. But the big mistake is, like you said, you've got to almost find that, that minimum level that's going to have the least effect on your other training sessions yeah. and then progressively build it up over time, both in terms of volume and intensity. So, mm-hmm. like, one to two sets fairly low effort to begin with and then progressively building that up as you get used to that volume is probably yeah. a good starting point. Hundred percent. Yeah. And yeah. whether that's one twenty or what you know, or something else, I think that's the that's what you've got to be gotta be wary of. Um yeah, we've we've seen it with athletes we work with, you know, I remember the you know, Birchfield sprinters we used to work with, like some top athletes and you know, they end up getting some really good results, but like at first there was a little bit like, oh God, I was like sore for you yeah, know, my yeah. running session the next day and things like that. And even with like the lowest volume possible, like if it's a new stimulus, it is going to create it's gonna a little bit cause of soreness fatigue, and yeah. stiffness. And yeah. then you go and do like such a fine margin yeah. sport like sprinting. And as you say, in that like beginner fit, like that's why I think a lot of people are like, you know, oh, weight training's terrible, it's going to slow me yeah. down because, like, for that one or two sessions at the start, it probably did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, slow you down. The, uh, the Birchfield is a funny one as well because we put their strength training sessions like the day before their least priority run sessions. Hmm. So if you talk like the sprinting, like, I don't know, six times a week, we'd put their strength training session the day before, like, their easy session or the least important session, but it still had that effect and it still bothered them initially. Yeah, And that yeah. was with the most thought out program. So if you haven't got a coach to run back to and say, look, this is how I felt, you're going to catastrophize that in your head to something that's not actually there. Yeah. Uh, did you get? Did you have any long distance runners? With, with no, that was, was it only that sprinters? Was, it was hundred meters and uh, hurdles, okay. hundred ten. All sprinters. Yeah. 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 Sprinters. So, what would be your, Ma? What would be your recommendation? Because I think there's a few people. I know a member is running a marathon this weekend. What would be your recommendation for if people potentially want to run a marathon or do an endurance event with regards to like programming when you come into the gym? What kind of thing? Should we say like, yeah, you haven't been. You're not a week after a marathon, yeah. but you are a marathon runner, or you're an injury. Exactly, yeah. Where do you start in terms of like setting up a strength training program to complement the running that yeah. you're doing? Well, first of all, I'd make sure you give yourself enough time to you know to train before the event. Um, so, what you don't want to be doing is you know rocking two up weeks two weeks before, yeah. or four weeks before, <laughs> doing, which doing has, which we're laughing, but it has happened yeah. uh, many times, uh, many times. And you someone I know it. recently wanted to go and do. Uh, an ultra endurance event has literally no background in even endurance training before yeah. and it's like well fight your battles a little bit you know? yeah um so make sure you've got yeah so you gotta make sure you're giving yourself enough time so that you're not like we've just said rushing into too high volumes and that's both in the gym and out on the road like yeah. if you're a marathon runner um so the earlier you start the better um so give yourself plenty of time and the rules are pretty similar so road and gym we want to be starting off with low volume yeah building up gradually progressive overload building the mileage building the volume and intensity in the gym over time getting to a point where we're basically getting a lot of credit in the bank in terms of in terms of volumes uh, in terms of volume um, so we're running a lot of miles. We're doing a lot, of, you know, decent amount of work in the gym, and then as we get closer towards the competition, we would taper off yep. the, the mileage. You see a lot of people like running right up to like pretty much twenty six miles, like up 
the week before. The way before the month, Whereas yeah. with good preparation, like you don't need to do that. We can get that in, you know, uh, a, a couple of months before, and then we can start to taper off the the volume a little bit, sort of, you know, four to six weeks out. Um, keeping the intensity sharp that's a, that's an important thing to remember and that's very you know very similar in the gym so that's the kind of basic overview uh, well, if, if I would look at if that's true in Rocky 4 he's like <laughs> he's doing this mad like yeah. training in, in the snow mm. up until the day before he fights Arden yeah. Drago why yeah. is that? that's Rocky man that, he's built different he's built different if you take the taper back Montares you wouldn't be quite as good like, two reps of a med I think Rocky was on the, <laughs> he, he was on the two punches yeah. on the beef yeah. He's he on enough supplements, yeah. Rocky, to recover in their six hours sleep yeah. that he had before the fight. That was his taper. Yeah. Um, but, I think um, what you said there is really important about the tapering back when you're trying to prioritise your performance because you don't have to be running at your peak running performance three months out. But then as you're getting closer towards it, that becomes the priority. So you said about like getting miles in the bank and getting you know, reps in the bank, which is massively important. And then as you start to get closer, like you don't need to be pushing everything mm. equally. As you're getting towards mm-hmm. like six to eight weeks out, or like let's say four to six weeks out, you probably don't need to be progressing the strength training if you've already built it up to an RK level. Yeah. Because all of a sudden, when your running's at its peak, if you keep trying to progress the, the, the gym at the same time as the running, it's probably going to be a little bit too much of a stimulus. The idea is that 16 weeks out, 20 weeks out, you've already got an RK strength uh, basis. And then when it gets towards that last kind of month, where you're prioritising the running performance and that's the key thing. Your kind of gym work should be at maintenance. The volume can be yeah, very low, yeah. very, very low at that point. And that's the key, like you said, it's like you don't have to start half a year out. It's not like if you're 16 weeks out, you, there's no point in starting strength training, but you want to have your strength training to a point where that last month you don't have to push it as hard. You can yeah, do the better, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Further away you are, you want to be pushing the gym work, then the closer you get, it becomes very much of maintenance and trying to really push the running. Yeah, yeah. How would you go in terms of like looking at like the microcycle or like the weekly layout? Like, what do you think is a good starting point for people? Like, one or two sessions, three sessions. How would you split it up? What's a good amount of sets to begin with? Like, just general recommendations for people that yeah. have not really done any strength training, yeah. structured and looking to to get a bit more serious in the gym. I think with strength, the strength training side of it, you know, again, if we're talking about someone who hasn't really got any background, they've um, done a couple of body classes. Wow. Body yeah. classes, season pros, um, <laughs> a couple of zumbas. Yeah, you have to err on the side of caution to begin with, um, and just keep the keep keep the volume, you know, real real low. Keep the frequency of sessions. Sets, how many sets are Let's per, talk per about well, week. if we're talking about frequency first. So if you're a beginner, you're running. Let's say you're running like, you know, twice a week to begin with. You know, you're doing one run that's like just gradually increasing volume, doing one more that's a bit, you know, a bit quicker, sort of tempo, interval, intervals, things like that. Um, Then, to be honest with you, like even one a week's not a bad start. Um, And for a complete beginner, I'd probably start with one a week. I I just go like safe, I just go like the absolute lowest hanging fruit that you possibly can because one's a hell of a lot better than nothing. Oh, it's a massive increase. Yeah, yeah, it is. So I'd start start with one, I'd push to, to two then. Um, so if you're like a month, two, three weeks to acclimate to the strength. Yeah, yeah. So if we're talking complete beginner, I'd say like, um, and again, it depends a little bit how much time you've got as well. But let's say you've got like even sixteen weeks to be honest, like even four four months. Like I'd do a month of just literally one a week, just one a week. Like you know, good decent session. Um, I'd follow it up with either a day off or like your your lower priority yeah. run. 
um, separate it so that your higher priority run, like let's say your, your mileage run is later in the week if the gym session's earlier in the week or vice versa, just leaving plenty of gap between that. And just basically not panicking, just allowing like lots of time for, for recovery. Then I'd look, you know, after four weeks, I'd push up to two two gym sessions a week. Yeah. Um, we can start to do more work, uh, more unilateral work, you know, single single leg work. Um, you know, I'd look at full body um, for, for both of those yeah. as well. I think it's got to be full body. It's got to be it has full, to be body, full yeah. body for these guys. Um, yeah. And let's say you're doing two gym sessions and you're doing two, maybe even three three runs by that stage mm-hmm. um, starting to build volume starting to build intensity and then yeah let's say it's a four month program you get into um, you're probably not going to need to go over two sessions a week to be honest with you uh, I think two's enough and then when you get into uh, you know let's say third third month you're, you're pushing you're pushing the intensities up in the weight room um, in that crossover period, your volume is probably starting to come down a little bit. Yeah. So midway through block three, you're probably like getting into minimum minimum volume in the gym, but really mm-hmm. pushing your running. Um, and then the last four weeks, you're obviously just kind of sharpening up and building in. So let's go a step further. So I think that's yeah. a great layout in terms of like the macro cycles. Like how many sets would you start off with? Like your first sessions, like one one or two sessions on like each muscle group, like uh, your knee dominance, your hip dominance. Mm. Yeah. One or two sets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd go like I'd again if you're doing one a week, I'd literally go knee, hip, push, pull, trunk, like some some sort of yeah. like core with you, work. With your trunk, would you go more movement based stuff rather than like stiffening up or what what, what would your recommendations be there? Yeah, I'd go movement based. Yeah. I'd be you know, real general at that stage. Yeah. I'd even be doing like some rotational work. Yeah, for sure. Um you know, and then as you get <clears throat> into the programme a little bit more, that's where you can do like more you know, pallet holds and like isometric work, mm. like you say that, like trunk stiffness, mm. uh, really important. But to begin with, it's like just literally working movement patterns, not over overthinking it. Um, and um, again, like I'd probably go like, you know, if you're doing, let's say, bilateral hip, I'd probably go unilateral knee. Um, I'd probably get some variation there in terms of bilateral and unilateral. Um, set some reps, um, like. Yeah, again, as, as mentioned, like one the one twenty is not like my favourite thing, but you're looking at like Christ. I mean, you can literally get away with a complete yeah. beginner one one set, like one set of ten. Yeah, yeah. You know, one set of eight, one set of ten, twelve. That sort of rep range to begin with. Um, by the time you're a week three, block one, week three, I'd probably do like one set of ten, let's say, for week one and two, and then I'd maybe go like two sets of eight two sets of 10 yeah. you know, week three, four, five as I'm starting to uh, starting to increase the volume and then when you go to two sessions a week you, you still really only need to do like a couple of sets because you're doubling the volume by doing it yeah, 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 anyway. yeah. so you know yeah, okay, so. yeah nice. would you make one of those sessions a little bit easier one harder or both like two moderate sessions to begin with yeah so I've done that in a couple of different ways before um, we've worked with these type of guys one is like one uh, way of doing it is like a unilateral session and a bilateral session works pretty well as you get towards like you know let's say block three block four like you know if it's a longer longer cycle block five six like you, you go pretty much exclusively unilateral but to begin with i think like building there's benefits to building a bilateral base so i think like one unilateral one bilateral can be good because you know your bilateral work you're going to be obviously lifting heavier mm. bit more strain on the cns you know, um, 
obviously depending on what you're lifting but you know I think you can have like your sort of easier unilateral session on one day have your easier day there your harder day later later in the week um, but again it's a prescriptive model where it's like you know that you, you can go to two sessions that are moderate and equally What's hard it? it's, it's very a, individual it's defense. a framework for you just it's a framework but those yeah. you know I'd either go like you say like the two two full body where like on on day one for example I'd go you know bilateral hip hinge unilateral knee yeah, and then vice versa on session two and I'd go horizontal push pull on one session vertical push pull on session two um, that's probably the way I'd go but again like the unilateral on session one bilateral on session two could could also could also work but I quite like just the two I like a mix of the two, two mix, like a mix, mix. yeah. Like a, a squat into a uh, single leg RDL or split squat into a trap bar yeah. or mm. RDL. That'd be my bias, like yeah. that's what yeah. I go towards. But always just being open to the idea of changing it if, if I needed to. Last question before we wrap it up: Your favourite two exercises each for runners or endu- endurance athletes? Endurance athletes. What are your favourite two? You've got only get you know, two two staples: rear foot elevated split squat. Rationale being specificity, which isn't an over, overused word, but like mm. you know, single leg, very relevant, very specific. Um, great exercise, great you know regressions, progressions with it in terms of how we can do it. We can progress, you know, in terms of like eccentric overload with hand support work yeah we can do like slow tempo work there's a lot of different variations we can use with it um having obviously the rear foot elevated getting good active lengthening on the on the hip flexor on the back leg is really important as well um you know especially for runners so i think there's a lot of benefits there Mm. i think you know the front leg obviously doing what it's doing in terms of stability you know yeah in terms of you know joint stability balance stiffness um you know it just ticks all the, all the boxes really yeah. so that that would be one and with with runners i'd start off with like you know I'd, I'd probably start off with a standard split squat with both feet on the floor but you know quickly look into progression in, into rear foot elevated start off with dumbbells move on to safety bar progress into hand support that's my first one. Nice, good. Do you want to have one and then I'll go to number two? Yes. Well, I'll go knee dominance as well. Do you want to go yours first? I was going to go for a good Astagrass back squat for me. Nice. Just to get the knee, but like just to get a load of flexion there. Yeah, three, four yeah exactly, yeah. And I'm, I just love a, a deep, a good deep squat. That's a, that's a good favourite nice. of mine. Cool. I was going to go um, fun for elevated reverse lunge. For very similar reasons mm. to Mark. Like getting, mm. Still getting a bit more range with the fun for elevated. Reverse bit lunge more, is nice. Bit more instability. If you load it in the goblet as well, you get some good like trunk stiffness, which you spoke about earlier. Yeah. Um, but the main thing is, yeah, getting that extra range of motion, but there's still a good, you know, stability component to it as well. It's yes. a bit more knee friendly as well. Reverse. I like a, a reverse lunge. Yeah. I'm mm. doing them at the moment, and it's a nice. Rather than I, I like a block tough, one. Yeah. Like block one reverse lunges is, uh, is a good shout. Yeah. Right, but that could be again like before talk, we all say yeah before we all say RDLs. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah say, RDL. Yeah. RDL. Yeah. Yeah, full range for hamstrings, trunk yeah. stiffness, yeah. Do your RDLs and you take yeah. everyone's looking after themselves. Yeah. That's what you've always said, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I've always said. I was going to say, just to change topic RDL. a little bit, have you been following the runner in Africa 
who's been the, running the length of it currently. Have you been? Have no, you not I've seen heard that? About it, so there's a guy. I know it's a little bit of changes to it. There's an endurance runner in, and he's currently. I think he's in Namibia at the moment, and he's running the full length of Africa. He's been doing it every day, constantly. I don't know how long he's actually run so far, but he's every day. Like I think he's on day like thirty to fifty. I can't remember when exactly, but he is. He's in bits though. Is but he's like, is he still now? Really uh, I think he, <laughs> yeah, I think it is. But he's talking about like how he's like, I think for three or four days straight he couldn't eat anything. He's had like the shits constantly. I'm not actually too sure. Yeah, there's days where he just says he can't even. He'll get up, he'll do like twenty meters, and then he has to stop because he just twenty meters. Yeah, like he passes it's out or something. Like, it's I know. Yeah, you could. Yeah, without getting out of breath. Because remember Jay. He, uh, he rolled from Spain to Africa. Yeah, from the in-betweeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got it, yeah. Right. We, uh, um, wrap it let's up? wrap it up there, yeah. Right. No, fantastic. Lovely, lovely Good. chat. Do I do, voice, I do, do voice again to end it. Yeah, do your ASMR into the mic. Go and get a cup of coffee. <laughs> so if you're listening to this and you're an endurance runner, ensure that you are doing your strength work alongside your mileage. Um thank you very much for listening um, no it is, a, it is a very interesting topic that um, you can get stuck into as a strength coach because I think it's like um, it's an area where people just neglect massively and it's so important so misunderstood with a good coach like who you can interact with you can just get huge benefits like so many people out there who run and just don't do good appropriate strength training to supplement it and you're leaving a lot on the table mm. you're leaving a lot on the table so um, you know it's fun to talk about it's fun to talk about um, it's a great subject so yeah. if I, I would say if anyone you know if anyone is doing you know we have a lot of guys here you know who are doing endurance work yeah and to be fair, they're doing the strength training, which is fantastic to see, and they're getting great results from it. But if anyone wants to chat about it, get some ideas, etc., we're always here to help. Of course. Yeah. So, I would say thank you very much for tuning in, and um, we'll be back. We'll be back soon. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Done.